So we are pleased to welcome none other than Bucks defensive coordinator Todd Bowles into the Undefined with Josina Anderson studio. Todd, fresh off the plane and into some undisclosed little room where you're getting ready to watch your kid do some kind of sport. I appreciate you coming into my show. How you doing? This? <laughs> you know, I got to give you a big welcome and everything. I see. I see. So how, so how are you doing? I'm doing great now. Just taking a few days off here and there, trying to get back to some film in a couple of days and, you know, try to move forward and get going again. Well, you're being modest because someone just came off a very well-deserved vacation. If you can give us an idea of how that was and if it compares anything at all to what Tom Brady just did, you know, with the, um, let's say, very enthusiastic celebration uh, in the Bay throwing the uh, Lombardi Trophy. <laughs> My vacation required lots of rest. That's uh -huh. all it required. Lots of rest and relaxation and sunshine. And I'll okay. take that. Did anyone recognize you on your vacation? Because you know you're very high, hard to hide wherever you go. Just saying. Not really. Because of the mask and everything, you can kind of get away with a lot of stuff. But when you show your credit card, then they kind of get, get to know you a little bit. So, oh, because you got one of them Black American Express that got, your, that got your last name blinging and everything? Oh, boy. See, there you go. You know, I got to you know, I got to big you up. Uh, well, listen, let's just kind of jump right into this part. I want to know if you feel like the 31 to 9 defeat over the Kansas City Chiefs was your defensive coaching masterpiece or not? No, I think the guys played a great game, you know, and I, it was a big game because it was the Super Bowl. I'm sure I've had games in the past where guys have played well. It goes with uh, scheme and it goes with players. And, you know, we clicked at the right time on that day and it was a good day for us. You know, it was a very good day for us. But I've had some what I thought were great game plans and ended up being awful. And I've had some subpar game plans that ended up being very good. So, you know, I'm just happy we won the ball game. We, we beat a great team. The guys were clicking on that day, and I'm just happy about it. So holding Patrick Mahomes to no passing touchdowns, who some consider the heir apparent to the quarterback that you currently have on your team, is not your defensive masterpiece. So if that's not it in the Super Bowl, what is, Todd? I don't know. He don't look back on games like that. You know, it's a team effort. You know, it's never a defensive masterpiece or an offense. It's a team effort all the way around. So you don't really think about those things until you retire down the line. So I got ways to go before I do that. You smile and you're happy you won the game and you're happy you won that day on Sunday and you celebrate and you rest up and then you come back to reality and then you try to get started going again. So this is what I want to kind of go back to in your trip to the Super Bowl. I was remembering and recalling the game that you had in the wild card round against the Washington football team. Uh, that game, the Buccaneers won 31 to 23. But in that game, uh, Heineke, Taylor Heineke, the quarterback, which I think is like third or something on the depth chart, he uh, passed for 306 yards, had a touchdown passing, had a touchdown running, and everyone was talking about how Heineke did. And Opposite of that, they were also talking about how the Bucks defense did. And I'm just curious, even at that point, do you hear stuff like that? And how much does it bother you that Heineke, even in that game in your trek towards a Super Bowl ring, performed better than many people expected? It's not just that game. Every game bothers me when someone has success. Uh, <laughs> he got out of the pocket a few times and scrambled. We busted a few coverages. You got to give them credit. 
in the playoffs is survive in advance. It's not who did well and who did not. You got to move to the next round. So we were fortunate enough to win by nine. We moved on to the next round. We corrected the mistakes and we got better as the playoffs went on. How much do you actually, Todd, save your schemes, your stunts, or just even whatever you learn from scouting another team for your postseason play compared to your run-up to your hopeful postseason play so that when people are looking at your defense on film, they're not seeing something that they saw before? We don't save anything, but we do a very good job of self-scouting ourselves and understanding what we need to do as, as opposed to what the offense sees from us and if we're predictable, if we need to change, if we're hurting in the back or hurting in the front or hurting in the middle. And we try to do a good job of balancing all that stuff out. So, you know, there's, there's going to be pressure on somebody on every play. You just got to move the pressure around. And the reason why I ask that, because I recall a conversation I had with Josh McDaniels in which he talked about, at least from the offensive standpoint, how important it is to save some things for later so that when teams are obviously looking at it, you know, they haven't seen things that they have before. But moving on from that, you know, I know that you, just from talking to you over the years, get up at the crack of dawn with the roosters to get on your elliptical at like 4 a.m. So (laughs) I'm just curious if you can give us some type of detail into how you prepared to really prevail over the top three quarterbacks in the NFL in your trek towards the Super Bowl ring, that being Drew Brees, who had one touchdown, three interceptions, had a QBR of 32 that game, Uh, Aaron Rodgers, who had a critical shutdown on third and eighth that uh, ended up being a field goal to limit them right at the end of the game, and as we mentioned, Patrick Mahomes having no passing touchdowns in the Super Bowl. What was your process in terms of stopping those specific quarterbacks, and was there one thing that you could point out that you were really trying to shut down in terms of each of their tendencies? Well, we took them a game at a time. You can't face all three at the same time. And we knew we had to go one by one. The guys were locked in. I thought we gelled at the same time. I thought Coach Aaron did a great job of bringing the team together toward the end of the year and using our losses as lessons and not as, you know, beat downs as far as where we got to go. As far as the teams we played, You know, luckily for us, we played all three early in the season. Mm -hmm. So they were familiar foes with us, me and the Saints twice even. They beat us two times, and the second time they beat us pretty bad. So, you know, we tried to focus on what we did wrong and what we tried to correct, and we understood what the opposition did, just like they understand what we do. We tried to tweak a few things here and there and change them, but really it was the guys just coming together, gelling at the right time and getting up for every game each week and us coming together as a team. Is there a one tendency at least per quarterback that you can <laughs> somewhat highlight that you were trying to focus on when it came to Breeze, who eventually we know that Jameis Winston came in, Aaron Rodgers or Patrick that you can or that you're all right with somewhat admitting on this show? No. <laughs> <laughs> and you see how I try to like massage that in there to see if you was gonna like give me something. Uh, but that's okay. One thing that you can highlight specifically in the NFC Championship game against the Green Bay Packers, as you gave me that huge no, is how much of an impact do you feel like the return of V to V helped? Um, after missing 15 games due to a fractured ankle um, that uh, had on your pass rush uh, against some uh, the quarterback many uh, considered the best in the league? No, Vita was big for us. You know, Nacho had done a great job while Vita was out. No doubt, no doubt about it. No disrespect to Nacho. He played great football for us. 
having Vita back. Nacho can take on double teams, but Vita can push back double teams. That was the difference between the two. Having him back and occupying the center and the guards allowed JPP and Shaq to rush the passer one-on-one and, and win some of their matchups. So having him back was big for us. And the other thing that I thought was very curious about your playoff run is that you had to handle uh, a couple of head coaching interviews in the midst of that. Um, one specifically, obviously, was the Detroit Lions as my dog. Say hello to my dog, Todd. This is Nala. Hey, <laughs> Her name is not dog. Todd, you can do better than that. Say hi, Nala. Hi, Nala. <laughs> Okay, so during your playoff run, you had the head coaching interview set up with uh, the Detroit Lions, but in the midst of that, you found out that they had an inclination towards hiring uh, Dan Campbell. And I'm just curious, what do you think now of you know that decision to uh, not go forth with that head coaching interview, especially on the backside of a Super Bowl ring? No, I don't think anything of it. I mean, they had the guy they wanted to hire. I know Dan. Dan's a great coach, and he's a great person. If you have the guy you want to hire, there's no need of wasting time, my time or their time. So they hired the guy they wanted to hire, and, you know, we moved on in the playoffs, and everybody's happy. Well, also, you had an interview with the Eagles. They ended up interviewing the offensive coordinator from the Colts, Nick Sirianni. I believe you did that one via Zoom. That's like, uh, I think that was like four-plus hours with them, right? Yeah, I interviewed with Philly. You know, I know those guys. I was there before, Jeffrey and Howie. Uh, those, those are great guys. They got a great owner and a great GM. I have a lot of respect for those guys up there. Right. So, I mean, how, I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is how do you feel specifically about the process um, on the hindsight? I know right now they're trying to introduce, uh, at least the Bills are trying to introduce a rule where some of these head coaching interviews happen after the Super Bowl um, or at least after, you know, the playoffs are done and things like that. How, how do you feel overall about the process and specifically also since one African-American uh, coach was hired, not being uh, Mr. Cully? with the Texans? I mean, everybody's aware of it. You know, we get asked the same question quite a bit. All we can do is coach football. Everybody's aware of it. And whether it's the front office, the owners, the GMs, everybody's aware of it. And everybody's working towards a solution. I don't think there is a right solution at this time until somebody comes up with something better. And if I knew the answer to all those, I would definitely give them to you. But I don't have the answers to that right there. You know, and as far as the process, the process it's only 32 jobs and there's a lot of coaches on each team, at least 17 plus on each team. So everybody doesn't get interviews. And we, I understood that when I wasn't a head coach before, but it can be better. I don't know how it can be better, but pushing it back doesn't change much. I mean, it doesn't really change much in the terms of who you want to hire. Um, you should be a good coach before you even go to the playoffs, not because you go to the playoffs. That doesn't make you a good coach winning three or four games. You should already have that reputation or they should already know about you. And, you know, I don't know how you go about that process, but, you know, it, it's going forward because the discussion is there, but it just needs to be more in writing or whatever we want to call it to make it move the needle a little faster. I guess what I was also trying to get at with Philly and Detroit is, you know, did they make a mistake not bringing you in as head coach? Those are not my questions to answer. We won the Super Bowl. I'm very happy about that. And I will do it all again just to win another one. How much is it necessary for you and how much do you, Todd Bowles, want to be a head coach again in the NFL? It's 
not necessary. It's got to be the right fit. I'm very happy where I am. Uh, Bruce treats me great. We got great coaches on the staff. Jason does a great job, and I'm very happy with the Glazer family. You know, if it comes up again, I'll interview for it, and it's got to be the right fit for them, the right fit for me. So you don't look for a head job. You try to be the best coach you can be at the job you're at, and if one becomes available, you look at it then, and that's how I treat it. And last question on that specific topic. Do you feel like it would take having uh, some uh, an additional diverse ownership group? I mean, you have one in uh, Jacksonville um, to increase the probability of the number of uh, head coaches in the NFL. Does it have to reach that level other than the additional changes that they've made by adding compensation to teams that, in fact, bring on, you know, a uh, uh, head coach, a uh, person of head color? I mean, excuse me, a head coach who is a person of color. I don't know. I mean, we're, we're head coaches. We're, we're all coaches and we're all football coaches. You got to have football guys to hire football coaches. You know, some people hire firms, some people do it within and everybody has their own way of hiring people and that way works for them. So when you're on your own team or own company or own anything, you're going to do things your way. So, you know, everybody's open to new ideas, but going to be reluctant to them until they see them work. So we just got to keep chopping wood and keep working at it and go from there. Meantime, you just coach football because that's what you got into the business for in the first place. I got in there to be a great coach and try to be a great coach and work at it every day. And you don't rest on your laurels until you retire. So, you know, we're on to the next season. Well, you were with the uh, Jets from 2015 to 2018. I'm curious, is there anything that you took away from that experience that helped you in your turn again as a defensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Just helped me from being in offensive meetings, from how offensive coaches really think. You can prepare for offenses on film and see everything you need to see, but to really get the inner thinkings of offensive personalities and offensive schematics and on some of the small things, I think really helped me going back as a defensive coordinator and helped me prepare for different things that I probably was missing when I was a defensive coordinator prior to. And one thing that people have said, and a little bit of a, a tough question here, but I am curious what you think of that, just because obviously, you know, I hear from the New York people uh, being in this area. But one thing, you know, people say here is that, you know, if they had to do it all over again with you and the Jets, that they, you know, thought maybe there would be a different type of selection with the two offensive coordinators that you had, uh, Chan Gailey and Jeremy Bates. Uh, what's your response to, you know, people who had issues with those selections? I don't have any. You know, when you don't win, you can sit there and play Monday morning quarterback all day. So Chan was 10 and 6 his first year, you know. He was 10 and 6 his first year. We didn't win for various reasons, and you move on from there. You don't go tip for tat. You just move on and go. Well, let's talk about Tom Brady real quick. Is there anything that surprised you about Tom Brady and coming to Tampa Bay that you didn't know about Mr. Brady and or that you just uh, picked up in scheming against him in practice or in the games? Really, for me, just getting to know him personally, you know, off the field, the way he prepares and the way he goes about his business. But the biggest thing for me was the way he talks to other guys on the team, whether you're on a scout team or whether you're an all-pro, he treats everyone the same. He builds them up. Uh, he gets them going. He makes you want to be a better player. And that's hard to do as a superstar. There's a lot of superstars that just sign autographs and go off to themselves and do their own thing. Tom really helps you become a better player. 
just by instilling confidence in you without you even knowing it. And, you know, that takes, that takes a special person to do that. And that's what I learned about him when he came in here. And even what about you as coach Todd going up against him in practice or seeing how he manipulates the offense in the game? Is there anything that you absorb from what you saw, how he changes at the line, how he, you know, reads a defense, anything that you absorbed within your coaching um, abilities? The biggest thing for me, he has, he, he throws with precision. If it's supposed to be high and outside, he's like a pitcher in baseball. He'll throw it high and outside. It's supposed to be down and away. He'll throw it down and away. So as a defensive back, he makes you, focus on your technique. So you have to do all the right things and your fundamentals have got to be sharp if you even want a chance of knocking one of his balls down. And last question of this section real quick, are, where are you going to, um, are you going to be wearing your Super Bowl ring to the games in practice next uh, season? Or are you going to be putting it up in some bling place in your sprawling, I'm sure, mega yard mansion? I'm going to put it away somewhere, and if I have a mega yard mansion, please let me know where it is. <laughs> okay, there's Todd Bowles trying to convince us he lives in a shoebox in Florida. Listen, well, we appreciate you coming on this portion of Undefined with Josina Anderson. We are going to get a little bit into free agency for the remaining, or excuse me, for the remainder of this portion of the interview. You guys check that out on the premium section of undefinedwithjocinaanderson.com on my website, on the platform. So for this portion, Todd Bowles, we appreciate you coming on our show and podcast. Thank you for joining me. No problem at all.